Hi, this is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry in London, and thank you for joining us for this week's Tech Law 10. With me is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris all the way over there in California. And this week, Eric, you've been on a sort of odyssey, like a Baedeker's travel guide of the Internet. What's been on your mind? <laughs> By the way, I am all the way over here, and we had a massive thunderstorm in the Bay Area this morning. Very unusual. We even had lightning. Um, but yes, you're, you're somewhat on target there. I've been thinking about the world's largest nations by population. And normally when one thinks about such nations, uh, they, the ones that come to mind might be China, India, the United States, and Indonesia. And their populations currently are estimated as follows, Jonathan. I'm sure you have all these numbers by heart. But sure. China, is, China is over 1.3 billion people. India is over 1.2 billion people. Here in the U.S., we have over 300,000 people. And Indonesia comes in next at over 250. Did I say 100? We have over 300 million people, excuse me, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And in Indonesia has over 250 million. But, Jonathan, are these truly the world's largest nations? What do you think? Well, um. I have to check the silence there. There's a silence there. I'll fill in the gap. Not if you include the Facebook nation. Okay, Facebook, which started in a Harvard dorm little more than a decade ago, now reportedly boasts 1.55 billion, with a B, monthly active users. So we contrast wow. that to China. China is at 1.355 billion. Facebook has now surpassed China at 1.55 billion. And given Facebook's annual growth rate, Jonathan, at 14%, if that were to con continue, Facebook should have 2 billion users in less than three years. And that's remarkable. I mean, this is something at that point will have been 13, 14 years old, and they'll have 2 billion active users. So um, now it's true, Jonathan, that Facebook is not a sovereign state like countries such as China, India, the United States, Indi Indonesia, uh, and your home country over there across the pond. It nevertheless is a giant to be recognized because Facebook users within their own states and across international boundaries, as we know, they can communicate, they can share materials and news, and they can organize in many different ways. And let's keep in mind also, Jonathan, that Facebook's revenue is quite formidable. Facebook revenue reportedly was $4.5 billion in the most recent quarter alone. I mean, some countries would be happy with that. This was much higher than the $3.2 billion revenue for the prior annual period. And net income for Facebook increased from $896 million, uh, actually increased to $896 million from $806 million from the prior year. And last but not least on this dollar analysis, Facebook, guess how much Facebook reportedly has in the bank? Um, if I was guessing... Uh, yeah. ar around about 37 billion U.S. dollars. Well, that's not so far off. I mean, really, because I know I just threw that at you um, out of the blue, but it's $15 billion. Right. So that, that's, that's something. And now, you know, what is a nation? You know, one definition of nation is a large aggregate of people united by a common descent, history, culture, culture or language inhabiting a particular country or territory. 
Now, does Facebook fit within that definition? Well, over time, perhaps Facebook might be recognized as the world's largest nation. Uh, within that definition, users truly are developing their own Facebook culture and way of interacting. And perhaps the common territory they inhabit isn't so much geographic, but they inhabit what, what they will be understood to inhabit is a specific social media place on the Internet rather than on land. Now, whether Facebook ultimately is deemed a na nation is a matter of semantics. And we, we certainly know Facebook clearly is not a nation state or country, and it doesn't have its own military and its own you know, government in that way. But just to finish it off, Facebook with 1.55 billion active users and growing, Jonathan, is a force to be reckoned with. And by the way, I have no personal interest with Facebook other than the fact that I have a Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm being transparent here. I'm not, I'm not you know, somehow hawking Facebook because I have personal interest. What do you think? I, I think it's intriguing. I mean, I've just um, got a couple of, couple of stats whilst you've been talking, actually. Uh, I mean, one, one of the things that, that intrigues me is, is Facebook, of course, claims to operate in 140 different languages, which I mm -hmm. guess is probably more than almost anybody. I know that uh, there was a particular exercise I, I heard from a London cab driver who, as you know, Erica, the source of all knowledge in the world. And uh, a, a London cab driver told me that there are now restaurants representing 140 different nations in, in London. So, you know, we think we're super cosmopolitan in London. And, and obviously there are as many languages as Facebook as there are in um, in, the, in the world, I think, almost. One of the things that I think is really intriguing is we did some work a few years ago on the number of users to the number of employees. And it seems to me that, um, I mean, I think Facebook is currently around the 10,000 employee level. So if you think, if you took your whatever the number was, 1.4 billion uh, monthly one, active users, 1.55 billion. Yeah. 1.55 billion monthly active users that are being policed, in inverted commas, by only 10,000 Facebook employees. That seems to me to be an incredible ratio. I mean, I think for comparison purposes, the UK is ballpark 60 million, uh, uh, 60 million residents, and there are more than 400,000 people more than 400,000 people in the civil service, civil service alone, you know, people who are administering, uh, administ administering the uh, education system and, and, and so on and so on. So there are more than 400,000 full-time government employees in the UK alone versus only some 10,000 employees for all of those numbers at, at Facebook. And I suppose, given that it is so gargantuan, it's easy to see how attacks like the Schrems litigation, which we've done well not to talk about for the past couple of weeks, uh, grow, isn't it? And, and, the, and the ability of regulators to regulate something that big is also a struggle. You know, we are waiting for the Irish Data Protection Authority's work on what Facebook is like internally and how it transfers data between itself and all of this sort of thing. But given that it is so vast, maybe it is an unenviable task for uh, a regulator, for example. You know, if we were to say to a regulator, 
go and analyze the internal data transfers that take place within the government of China uh, and report back in a fortnight, please, people would laugh, wouldn't they? And, 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 and maybe that puts cases like Schrems into context, wherever you stand on either side of the fence, is it a tough ask to ask any regulator to understand exactly what's going on in an organization like that? Interesting points. And just to follow up on a couple, you know, you mentioned you know, the ratio of Facebook employees to the vast number of active users and you know, what a task it is to police. You know, of course, at least here in the U.S., you know, ISPs, Internet service providers, don't want to be in the, put in the position of policing because right. generally they get immunity under Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act as to postings and communications by others on their site. And the more they get granular and actually policing and monitoring and censoring, then they could lose their immunity. So they don't want to be in that business. I think it's fascinating that you point out that you know, there are at least 140 languages used on Facebook, and I mentioned the 1.55 billion active users. And that, what that might tell us is that, frankly, this is now sort of the new popular uh, almost United Nations where people across the world can interact mm. with one another so seamlessly. And, and then at the end of the day, what does that make Mark Zuckerberg? Is he now King Zuck? <laughs> presiding over the world's largest nation? I don't know. Who's the I, think, I think it is a great point. I mean, the other, the other thing that I think is really interesting from a comparison point of view is, of course, Magna Carta aside, and we've talked about that, that, that before, the UK is really without a written constitution. But in some respects, you can argue that, uh, you know, constitutions like Facebook's privacy policy and its conditions of use for the site right. are, are, are almost the most popular contracts or, or most popular constitutions in the world as a result, can't you? It's, um, it is a yeah. fascinating I mean, comparison. I mean, you, know, you were reading my mind that whether they're popular or not, but they might be uh, the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for, applicable in terms of governing behavior. Yeah. Um, because so many people have signed on, and whether they've read the terms of use or not, they agree, they agree to be abide to abide by them. So interesting topic. I'm glad uh, that you share your points as well. This has been your weekly Tech Law 10, maybe Tech Law 13 or 14. You're getting a little extra with no extra charge. Um, I'm Eric Sinrod at the Dwayne Morris Law Firm. You can find me at ejsinrod at duanemorris.com. D-U-A-N-E-M-O-R-R-I-S.com. You can always find us on the usual social media outlets. That includes Facebook, yes, Mr. Zuckerberg, we are, including you, Twitter, LinkedIn. Jonathan, bring it home. Yeah, all that remains is to thank you for uh, listening. Do check us out on social media, as Eric has said. I'm jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. We're always very pleased to hear your comments on this uh, and on other topics as well. And um, we look forward to speaking to you in a week or so. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Uh, uh, uh.